Welcome back. Episode 5 from the French Podcast. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. I hope everyone stayed safe, got to play some golf, spend some time with friends and family. I'd like to start this episode off by acknowledging a few mistakes of mine in the last podcast. First one is that I forgot to mention the live golf event in Valderrama. I apologize for this and I'll make sure to keep you guys in the loop on live just like I do on the PGA Tour. Also, the U.S. Women's Open was not this past weekend. They had a break. It is this coming weekend. So I apologize for that as well. So what happened this past weekend. A lot has happened this past weekend in golf and there's a lot to cover so I'm going to try to get through this um, efficiently. First of all we had the Rocket Mortgage Championship and guess what? Ricky Fowler won. Yes, Ricky Fowler won his first event in 1,610 days. He won in a playoff against Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin, but to get to that playoff, the man had to make a birdie on 18, which he did. Then he turned around and birdied the first playoff hole to win the tournament. It was awesome. As soon as he hit that putt in the playoff, the stance he took, the look on his face, you could tell it was like a giant weight was just lifted off of his shoulders. Social media has been blowing up, congratulating him. It has been absolutely amazing. So some takeaways from the tournament. Um, the low score after regulation was minus 24. We had some rain and weather moving through the uh, area for the weekend, which made the grain soft, which made for very favorable scoring conditions. So that was pretty cool to see as well. I mean, it's always good to see tough scoring, but when these guys can really put on an exhibition, you know, I have to say personally, I like that as well. So we started the Ricky watch last week and all of a sudden Ricky Fowler won. Now, do we think that it's a coincidence that from the fringe started the Ricky watch and now our man is in the winner's circle? Eh, probably. I mean, it has nothing to do with us and it has all to do with Ricky. But that being said, the Ricky watch will continue on because I believe that this man is just going to unleash his style of golf and his great play on the PGA Tour. And I'm predicting he's going to have a couple more wins before the season is over. After his win, Ricky has moved up to number 23 in the world. He is now eight in the FedEx Cup standings, uh, which is a big leap from the beginning of the year when he was 103 in the world. And in the last couple years, he was on the verge of losing his PGA Tour card because of his standings in the FedEx Cup. So congratulations to Ricky Fowler. We hope to see more from him. Like I mentioned earlier, Liv was in Spain this weekend at Valderrama. Taylor Gooch won his third event of the season. This was the eighth event of the Liv season. This was um, Taylor's third win. He won in Australia and Singapore as well. He is now the points leader on the individual side of the Liv points spectrum. Torque, led by Joaquin Neiman, they won their back-to-back team title. And they are second place to Dustin Johnson's four aces. And rounding out the top three is Bubba Watson's range goats. And the uh, individual standings, you like I mentioned, you have Taylor Gooch, followed by 
Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith. Now, I was tuning in on Saturday and Sunday to uh, Valderrama. I have to say, this course was absolutely gorgeous. The people in Spain seemed to be having fun. The course was playing fast. It was just great weather out there. It was a little windy, which was making it tricky. But my God, it was amazing. So I had to do a little bit of research on Valderrama because being here in the United States, there's not a lot of exposure to some of the mainland uh, European golf courses unless you have been watching the DP World Tour slash uh, European Tour and the Ladies European Tour. So uh, Valderrama was founded in 1974. It has been dubbed the Augusta of Europe. It is a Robert Trent Jones Jr. design. It is uh, mainland Europe's number one course. It has hosted multiple European slash DP World events. It has hosted some World Golf Classic events. And it hosted the Ryder Cup. Like I said, man, this was uh, an, a gorgeous course moving forward with this whole live and um, PGA merger. Maybe we could see a uh, live PGA mixed event. Over there at Valderrama. That would be really, really cool. Get some of these guys over there in Europe. Let them see that style of golf. So we had a um, Oklahoma State Cowboy Golf connection this weekend. Both Ricky and Taylor are products of OSU Golf. Go Cowboys and congratulations there. And over on the Champions Tour was the U.S. Senior Open. Now... Don't do a lot of talking about the Champions Tour here. It is fun golf to watch. These guys are still bringing the heat out there. But what was big about this weekend was that Bernard Langer won. Now, that's not a big deal because Bernard Langer is a machine. This dude is always winning over on the Champions Tour. However, this was his 46th win. You can start on this tour at 50 years old. The man is about to turn 66. This is his 46th win and he is now winningest player on the PGA Tour Champions in their history. I mean, he is the top dog. So that is really cool to see. This U.S. Senior Open is usually won by guys in like the 52 to 53 age range. Like I said, Bernard's about to turn 66. So he's out there just kicking ass and taking names. So that was really cool to see there. We have a little bit of news in the Live PGA merger world. A couple weeks ago, I, I haven't touched on it, but a couple weeks ago, Tom Watson wrote an open letter to Jay Monahan. And quite frankly, you can find it online. It's Pretty much what you'd expect from a 73-year-old man. He's a PGA loyalist, and I don't really have much more to say to that. It's To me, it's some pretty outdated opinions. It's the same thing that has been pushed. Nothing new here from Tom. And quite frankly, I'm kind of wondering why he felt the need to write an open letter to Jay Monahan in the first place. Also on the uh, Live PGA Tour front, multiple outlets this past weekend have been reporting that back in 2022, right before the Travelers Championship, on the heels of Liv having their very first event in London, that the PGA Tour gave Tiger Woods scripted talking points to help hemorrhage players defecting to Liv 
and to bolster confidence in the tour. Now, he has come out and since denied these through remarks on social media. These are the first remarks that he's made since the uh, merger was even announced. But they're saying that Tiger Woods in a players meeting was supposed to, you know, throw his support out there for Jay Monahan, saying that he's the right man to lead this war and to tell the, uh, the remaining PGA Tour players to basically tell Saudi Arabia to go F themselves like he did and to mean it. There was also a leaked talking point about him using his son Charlie saying that, you know, Charlie's a pretty good golfer. He hopes that maybe one day he'd want to be on the tour as well. And if he did, he'd want Charlie to be a PGA Tour member and that the tour to look the way it does today, but only better. So some pretty wild things coming out there. All of this came to light because of an antitrust lawsuit filed against the PGA Tour in the 15th Judicial Circuit in Palm Beach County, Florida. So we'll have to keep our ears to the ground to figure out uh, what that's all about and any more information coming out about that. Also, this past week, PGA Tour sent a five-page report to the the, uh, Department of Justice concerning the framework behind this merger. And surprise, surprise, it was, quote, leaked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is anyone really surprised with that? Because personally, I'm not. However, it suggests... A very gloomy outcome for Liv, stating that this new company that's being formed between Liv, DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, which is known as New Company, is headed by um, Jay Monahan, and they will they will lead a data-driven evaluation of Liv and make a good faith assessment on team golf as a whole. So according to this framework and this, the fate of Liv is essentially in Jay Monahan's hands. I find this to be kind of interesting considering the stance that Greg Norman has taken uh, publicly about Liv and to the Liv employees and the players. He's come out and said that Liv isn't going anywhere. But what's even more interested about this is Yasser Al-Rumayan, who is the uh, public investment fund governor. He's the guy behind Liv and the money that is uh, funding Liv. He was in Spain at the Valderrama event this past weekend, and he held a meeting with the team captains. A few captains spoke after this meeting. And it's uh, Yasser's assessment that he was quoted as saying that this is his effing baby, referring to Liv. And he was assuring the Liv players and these captains that Liv is not going anywhere. So despite existing framework and wording saying that, you know, Monaghan will have the uh, final say on the existence of Liv, I don't think Yasser's really going to lay down on this one. I think he's going to put up a fight. And we'll see what happens there. Now, you know, these are all sources and information coming out from two different camps. So you can take what you will out of this. However, I'd listen to the guy with the money. Because Yasser is the one who is funneling all this money in the PGA Tour. He's the one that's going to make the public investment fund a main sponsor of the PGA tour. He's still, you know, a chairman on some of these boards. And as we know, person with the money, despite what position he might have or what say he might have, 
The person with the money is the one that makes the decisions. And there are sources and articles being written that if this merger doesn't go through, the DOJ stops it or whatever. There are a lot of people out there saying that financially, they don't think the PGA Tour is going to survive. So might have, good or bad, hitched their wagon to this public investment fund money and will have to bend to whatever demands that Yasser's making behind the scenes, even though he technically doesn't have control. But these are a few things that have been happening over the weekend, over the past few weeks. Just wanted to give you guys a quick update on everything. So you as listeners, if you're not as plugged in day to day, you kind of have an idea of what's going on in the golf realm globally. So with that, we've got a really good interview and let's get to it. Oh yeah, stay up, stay up, stay there. Okay, we're back. We have a great guest today. Ms. Shelly Fassett is joining us again. Welcome back to the pod. Well, thank you so much. It's good to be back. So last time you were here, we were talking about more serious stuff, the mental side of the game and how to keep yourself present. And today we have something a little bit different. Yeah. I want to be a fun guest. I don't want to be the serious guest. I want to be the fun guest today. Well, this time you're here because we're talking about golf. You went out and played golf. I did. I, I wouldn't say I played golf. I would say I attempted golf. I kind of got hoodwinked into the situation. Uh, but hoodwinked. I, yeah, on. I got hoodwinked into it. I was, I was told, hey, why don't you come out with us? We, we took my daughter. She's 12. Uh, and he said, hey, come on out and you can drive the golf cart and order the drinks. And before I know it, we show up and I'm handed the keys to a golf cart and my own set of clubs. So oh, the little one came out with us. She, she did played well. She, she did well. She always but does let's, well. Let's talk about your golf. So let's recap how you felt the day went. You know, I hadn't played golf. I want to say for the better part of 11 years or so. So I really didn't. I wasn't looking too forward to it because I, I know, you know, how, how good you all are. And um, what I oh, really. I'm horrible. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, look. When, when we are at the first tee and we're already getting approached by the marshal because we've taken too long, it's <laughs> going to make for a long nine holes. That marshal had no clue what he was talking about. The tee, the tee on the second hole was already backed up, what, two or three groups? If he would have looked forward, he would have seen that. But yes, that kind of that kind of rattled you on the first tee. That and then the people teeing off behind us, standing there watching you. But uh, how did you recover from that? You seem to recover pretty nicely from that. So, and I will be completely transparent with people. So I have anxiety, and so when I'm standing there and I'm trying to get my my golf game to suddenly reappear out of some miracle. Um, and I turn around and I see people staring at me, uh, waiting for me to work some magic. Uh, my anxiety flared up pretty badly. And I actually but you, <laughs> I actually told Joel I was done. <laughs> but yes, she said, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done. But you play league tennis and you have people watch you play tennis. I do. So what was the, in your mind, what was the difference? Um, the difference is that I'm out of my element and there was a lot of people Fair of enough. course it's guys and you know i i don't i don't like that feeling that i'm holding people up or i'm wasting people's time like those are some of my biggest triggers and causes me that cause me anxiety well 
you know, that's a good thing that you're mindful of the other people in the course. And, you know, we've had an etiquette episode of the podcast already, but it talked about pace of play. But I think there was nothing to worry about on that first tee. That Marshall was just being, oh, he was just being him, I guess, that day. But the rest of the round seemed to kind of come together. We've had, uh, we had a guy uh, group up with us and we had interactions with swans and we did. I had some really pretty pink balls and uh, hit a pretty decent bunker shot. No, it wasn't a bunker shot. Oh, you it wasn't were a bunker on, shot. You were on the back side of that bunker. Okay. And uh, you were below the green and you had a great wedge shot to carry the bunker. And I think you I think you dropped it within two, three feet of the pin. Yeah, it was, it was pretty was, darn it, impressive. It was pretty impressive. It was on hole two. Um, now, let's not... We're not going to mince words here because I did proceed to lose another four balls on the next three holes. So look, let's not let's not be thinking look, uh, Tiger Woods here. Look, this course has a little bit of water to it. Those tee boxes are a little bit more deceptive than they look. And everyone, everyone, even me, gives a ball to the water gods on this course. But uh, I don't I mean, know about water gods, but we ran into some swans, ran into <laughs> some ducks. Uh, I didn't see any. I didn't see any gods, but I, I uh, <laughs> maybe even a gator. I can't remember. <laughs> that swan got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't touch the swans, people. They don't like it. But yeah, I think all in all, it was a fun little round. So, when are you going to come out and play again? You got those new G four shoes now. I did. I did. So, if all y'all are not familiar with Scottsdale, we have some of the best consignment, uh, pretty much anywhere. And I just found some brand new, I think maybe worn once G4, $200 uh, shoes. I paid 30 bucks for them. They're pretty hot. I love G4. G- G4 and PXG are my favorite brands. Um, that would be a great episode. I would love to come on here and talk about golf fashion. Golf fashion. Well, to talk about golf fashion means you have to go out and wear your golf fashion. I can wear my golf and I can drive uh, my fashion and I can drive the golf cart. I can, you know, order everybody some food and, and stuff and uh, drink my water and post to Instagram and I can do all the things. But I don't know about the whole golfing thing. I, I don't sell yourself short. I think you uh, played a pretty good round. I think we all had fun. But what did you take away? Like sitting here from the very first pod, you said you're a tennis player. Then we talked about the mental side of the game. What did you take away from your round of golf that maybe you hadn't thought of before or, you know, something that, you know, you're like, okay, I didn't see it this way. Honestly, I it's it's difficult for me because I'm so used to hand-eye coordination and more strategy. And it's like with golf, like you just either have the swing or you don't. And I don't have the swing. It did not. <laughs> it didn't come back. Um, where did it go? It went to the tennis court. That's where it went. <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't on the course. I don't know, but I just seem to think that those two sports tend to kind of like mix well. A lot of people that play golf play tennis. A lot of people that play tennis play golf. Well, I think the thing is too is that you know it's it's a very it's a slower paced sport. Unless unless when the marshal uh, unless uh, yeah, yeah unless there's a marshal you <laughs> know marshal up your up, up your rear, rear and he's telling you to move. Um, it really is a slower pace. So I, I want to, I want to get to the ball. I want to hit the ball. I want to go put the ball in the hole and I want to move on to the next thing. But that's, that's just not how it works. But see, that's where the strategy comes in. You have to look at your shot, figure out the yardage, if there's any slope on the green or on the fairway in front of you. So, oh, I did. I was successful in yardage. I you was. Were. Do you remember? I hit the ball into uh, poor one poor guy's yard. Actually, I hit two balls into the same yard. And then I think it was like maybe hole seven. 
uh, my yardage went on top of a roof. So I had good yardage there. The roof ball. I I, yeah, the roof was the roof ball. And those were like my nice balls. Those were my pink balls, my blue, my purple balls. Those were the, uh, what, the uh, tailor-made Kalea balls? Oh, no, no. Were those the Callaways? No, I think that the, well, the purple ones were the uh, the tailor-mades. Oh, okay. Well, but no, my yardage was great. It just wasn't the yardage in the right direction. So, including the golf fashion, would you be willing to go out and play again? Yeah, I could try. I definitely could try to do it again. Um, I think I would need to relax a little bit more, which was difficult. Again, Maybe. when you have people coming up behind you and, you know, I had my 12-year-old. I don't want, I always have, have anxiety about her. Oh, you don't need to worry about her on a golf course. She knows yeah. her way around. But no, I'd, I'd get back out there. i maybe maybe try my hand at some clubs again. Maybe hit a range session first just to kind of get a little bit more uh, used to the swing, find that swing again. Possibly. Yeah. I, I definitely could do some practice, but uh, my, my talent's definitely on the tennis court. I got to say that. So out of all the courses out here in Scottsdale, and we have plenty of them, and you've come out and played with me before or ridden yeah. with me before. Yeah. We've done Greyhawk and we've done Silverado. Yeah, and, Raptor. Raptor course was great. What would be a course here, whether either playing or coming out just to hang out, would you want to experience? Oh, oh, that's easy. And that's easy. No, I no, no, no. can't say Silverleaf. I'm going to no, I, no. That's exactly where I'm going. I'm going to go to Silverleaf, and then I'm going to go to Scottsdale National. I'm just going to hit them both up in the same day. I'm going to see. I, yes, we're going to go to Silverleaf. Scottsdale National. I think I'd want to play that over Silverleaf just because of that mine shaft bunker that they have. Yes, yes, that the thing bunker looks insane. Well, look, we're going to have to make some friends with the Parsons and uh get some get some new pxg duds and head our way out there but either there silver leaf go play with michael phelps john rom all the guys out there at silver leaf i kind of want to check out the boulders yeah that's a nice course too so it is a nice course well maybe maybe the next time you're on the pod we'll be uh having discussion from your second round of scottsdale golf i'll talk you. to you from the the bar at, at silver leaf i'll do yeah, a i'll yeah. do an interview with john rom and i'll put him on the pod and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you how the courts went. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, it's always a pleasure. I hope you do try your hand out a little bit more golf with us and the little one. And again, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. I am proud to announce that the From the French podcast is brought to you by Shank It Golf. That's right. We've got the Shanks. At Shank It Golf, you can find golf polos, bags, and accessories. And let me tell you, they are some of the hottest ones on the market. So visit shankitgolf.com. Use the promo code FRINGE15 for 15% off your order. Or better yet, you can jump over to the Instagram page, give us a follow, and click the link and do your shopping from there. That is shankitgolf.com dot com yes we at from the fringe have the shanks and we want you to have them too oh yeah stay up stay up stay there before we wrap up today's show i want to talk about what's next in the world of golf this coming weekend the pga tour will be in silvis illinois at tpc deer run for the john deere classic to be honest guys this is not an overly exciting field the Fourth major of the season is in a couple of weeks, but there are some names to watch. Bo Hostler, Adam Hadwin, Joel Damon will be in the field. 
Adam Hadwin was in a playoff this past weekend, so he will be a name to really watch for this week. But other than that, the first thing that came to mind when I thought about this tournament were the T-markers. John Deere does a really good job of putting some of their equipment out on the course. They bring an excavator out and they rig it with a driver head on the uh, arm and they put it in front of a giant T and ball. It looks pretty cool. I'll post some pictures of that up on the Instagram. But it made me start to think about other tournaments that have really cool T-markers. So here's a list of a few that I like. I will have them up on the Instagram. Y'all can vote for what your favorite is. Or please leave a message talking or mentioning a tournament that you think does a good job marketing itself with pretty cool swag or T-markers or something like that. But I find not only the John Deere Classic T-markers to be pretty fun and cool, but the Waste Management Open, the Valspar, uh, the Wells Fargo Championship, Barbersaw Championship, and the Marathon LPGA Classic. All of these tournaments have pretty unique T-markers. They do a pretty good job of brand marketing, but I'd like to hear y'all's opinion as well. Live has another tournament this week. They will be at the Centurion Club in London. And you have to think that Taylor Gooch is the favorite. He's won three this year. He's coming off of a win. He's got to be the favorite in this tournament, but you can't count out Brooks Kepka or Cam Smith. Bryson DeChambeau was really hot this past weekend and Dustin Johnson. And finally, the women are back in action this week with the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Everything I talked about on the last episode, Pebble Beach, the women first time playing there in a tournament setting or a professional tournament setting, it's going to be awesome. I understand that the uh, PGA Tour might not be that compelling of an event to watch this week, but I think you're going to get some excellent golf out of Live and out of the LPGA. Pebble Beach is going to be a great test. It's going to provide for some excellent golf, and I hope you guys tune in and watch. So that's it for us in this week's episode. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Please follow our Instagram page at from underscore the underscore fringe. Go ahead and check us out at Twitter at FRM the fringe, as well as check out Shank It Golf. Use the discount code. Get yourself or someone you love a couple hats, maybe a polo, a towel, whatever you're thinking. Y'all have a great week. I hope again y'all had a great 4th of July. Y'all stay safe and